what is good? This is the Ringer NBA show post-game live, finals edition. I'm Logan Murdoch. We have we have uh, our guys here. We have Raja Bell, obviously. And then we have Kevin O'Connor. I don't have enough time to do the O's right now because we only have like a 30-minute <laughs> show. But Kevin O'Connor is in the building. It's a mismatch. Uh, Real Ones production right now. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Chitlin, man, it was a big snooze fest, huh, Raja? Mm. I'm snooze fest in game yes, one. I, yes, frankly, you, know, you look a little tired right there, bro. Look, when I, when I, did I, you when did you kind of like? We're, we're talking about this on the right after the Lakers just stomped all over the Miami Heat in game one. It wasn't even a game in the second half. Where's Lakers were up thirty? When did you check out, Raja? Yeah, it was midway through the third. I wanted to give the Heat. I knew the Heat would play hard. The DNA mm-hmm. there, like I knew, I knew they would just keep plugging away. But once they made the run, got it to uh, I don't know, but like what was it, twenty or nineteen, eighteen, and then the Heat. I mean, uh, the Lakers pushed it back out. It was a wrap. It was time. It was time for me to give it up. Yeah. Now we're, this is the Ringer NBA Show post game live. This is also going to be on the Ringer NBA Show feed. Thanks to our producer, Sasha, later on tonight. I have one question for you, Kevin O'Connor. Is this series over? It's over if Goran Dragic can't get back out there. He had the left foot injury, saying he's getting an MRI tonight. Didn't come out in the third quarter. We didn't know why. I mean, you asked Raja when he was out. I was out as soon as I heard that Dragic was out for the rest <laughs> of the game. I mean, and if he, if he can't come back in this series, no shot creation, no ability to hit threes off the dribble, no pick and roll creation. They need Dragic to have any chance in the series against the Lakers. Well, I mean, Dragic is a big part of that that team, but he wasn't the only Miami Heat player to be to get hurt. You know, Jimmy Butler rolled an ankle. Bam at a bio. His whole arm is just all messed up right now. If if they can't get Bam in, on the court and they can't get if they can't get Dragic back on the court, we don't. I'm sure Jimmy Butler will play, but if they can't do that, Raja, it's pretty much it's over, right? Yeah, it's a wrap. I mean, uh, um, is it a wrap? Okay, okay. I want to I want to preface it by saying this: Is it a wrap? No matter if they're on the floor or not for you, or yes. is it a wrap? Well, yes, the, it is. Okay. It is. It is a. It is a wrap. Well, I mean, I just thought the Lakers were were going to be the better team, and those those stars were going to be a little bit too much for Miami to handle if everyone was healthy. And I think you saw that starting to take place. Like Anthony Davis was just too big. The Lakers were too big around the rim. There was too much length. There was too much defensive versatility for the Heat to do what they normally do. But with all of those injuries, and, you know, the, the Dragic is an interesting one because it was it was like a non-contact thing. Typically, when you see a guy, like, peek down at the back of his leg like that, like I mm-hmm. tore a calf, um, the first reaction you have because it feels like something hits you in the back of the leg is to just check. Yeah, That's really concerning for me because he looked down. Um, the Jimmy Butler one is you're playing on adrenaline tonight, but that thing is going to swell up like a grapefruit and it's going to be really, really sore. You're playing every other night. It's going to be really hard for you to be any semblance of yourself. And then, you know, the BAM situation, I'm not sure on. But but KOC said it the best. Without Goron and, and people like, probably didn't put a lot of enough stock in what he meant to their offense. Like you lose a whole lot of playmaking and creating ability without him on the floor. You know, and this is a guy that is, uh, that really came, came into it. Not I wouldn't say came into his own, but really played well down the stretch over the last few games, especially offensively. How, if, if Goran is out, I know we say this, this series is over, but like who has, who has to step up KLC? I mean, Kendrick Nunn. (laughs) 
I mean, you got to go to the rookie. Obviously, he had a great season. He's not what you need defensively, but it's got to be like somebody like Nunn, or you need Jimmy Butler to to do even more than he already does. He's he's your best overall player, but instead of 15 shots, maybe you need 22 shots from him. Need more total possessions, more pick and roll. The problem is, is what makes Dragic so good as a creator for you is the threat of him taking shots off the dribble from three. Butler doesn't offer that threat. So even though he's their best player, uh, he's not their best shot creator. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Ryan. No, I was going to say, it's a, it's a great point. Like when you're playing Jimmy Butler in the pick and roll, you saw the Lakers, they're going under pick and rolls. And when you're sliding under pick and rolls, there's not a whole lot of creating you can do, right? Because you're either going to shoot that jump shot or the defender is going to catch you on the other side of the screen with Drogic and the threat of the pull up. You got to go over, it puts the big man defensively in a bind, and then it starts to collapse your defense, which allows him to create. They, you don't get the same the same effect with Jimmy in a pick and roll. And we saw that in the first quarter, too, when the Heat was just attacking Dwight Howard possession after possession, and that wasn't because of Butler. It was because of Drogic. Right. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I, I saw about this series, I mean, injuries aside, was the difference in, I guess, poise, right? Because the, the Heat come out to this big lead, you know, and then the Lakers just storm right back. And there's a lot to be said for a, a team that's been there before. And now the Lakers haven't been there before as a collective group, but you have guys like Dwight Howard who've been to the finals. You have LeBron James who's been to the finals. You have JaVale McGee who's been to the finals. You have all, Rondo been to the finals who's a champion. How, how big is that um, to have that experience, Raja, when you are a player, um, when you can go into a battle knowing that, yo, I've been here before? Oh, it's, it's huge, man. Look, I, this is taking nothing away from the Kendrick Nuns, the Tyler Heroes, um, even the Bam out of Bios, but you don't see a lot of teams with players that young uh, and that relatively inexperienced um, playing deep into the playoffs and, and playing for championships usually, right? There's a reason because there's some seasoning that goes along with that. There's experience that's that, that usually trumps uh, young talent in situations like that. And they've been doing a phenomenal job, but you saw a team tonight that took a haymaker to start the game. Um, no panic. You, you, you saw Frank Vogel use his normal substitution rotation to take LeBron out like he normally would. He sat there on the scores table. They panned to him. Um, he was watching the game, taking it in, everybody getting a uh, kind of finger on the pulse of what was going on. That second unit stepped up. A lot of guys you just referenced that have experience closed the gap. And by the time LeBron hit the bricks again, it was it was on and popping. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is we always talk about playoff Rondo, but he really – kind of he really calmed a lot of players down in that and that with that second unit and we don't really talk about that with a, with a guy that can just calm a team down especially as a, in a point guard position did you see that KOC and that and that let stretch when they were when the yeah, Lakers were yeah. coming back I think that, you know Vogel and LeBron and AD a lot of the guys on the team have talked about that value he brings with his shot creation and you know the calming effect as you're talking about and you know it's I was wrong about Rondo in this playoff the last two seasons he just hasn't been good Lakers fans really hated him for good reason with, with his play but in this playoffs I mean he has shown how it's a different game between the regular season in the playoffs and, you know, what might look like weaknesses during the regular season now uh, matter more because he has those strengths as, as a reliable playmaker. And he's been really good on defense as well. And he's actually hitting over 40% of his threes, which he's is turning. Like, he's turning insane. to Reggie Miller. What is going yeah. on? Like, oh my goodness, dude. I mean, like that's a big part of it. Like he's not shooting 28% from three, right? He's yeah. a career 32%. He's hitting above his average. So that's a big part of his success, but it is way more than that. And I, I'm curious, Raja yeah. with a guy like Rondo, I mean, 
is there something to it where maybe like a fan, they look at him, they're like, he's not trying on defense. He can't hit shots. But if you're a player on the court to have a veteran out there with you, that it's something that like the numbers just can't grasp or you have a fan or someone watching with their eyes from home can't grasp. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, you have a guy um, with that that wealth of experience. You know, good point guards are are like quarterbacks in that they know everybody's job, right? They have to understand what everyone is doing, both offensively and defensively on every play. And so um, having a guy out there that just has that type of cerebral, you know, ab- ability is great um, for second units in particular because usually something has to tie that group together, right? And And then... Um, the playmaking ability, because you know where everyone's going to be, allows you to kind of serve up guys shots that they they probably can't create on their own. Like, you know, the Danny Greens, the KCP, they're not creating. Even Kyle Kuzma at this point is not really creating on his own uh, too much. He's 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 living off of like hot closeouts and, and, and driving the ball past. And Rondo has all of those intangibles. He's got that experience. Some guys just have a knack for the moment, bro. Like, you know, they can be bad. Um, through a certain stretch of the season. But when you really need it, uh, they're going to be good. And I really felt like their offense in the first shift when LeBron and AD was out there, I was worried. Like, not because the Heat were winning, but the offense was stagnant. It was a lot of walking the ball up. It was slow. It was really predictable. Conversely, the Heat were whipping the ball around. People were flying around and moving. And as soon as Rondo hit the game, their offensive, the whole complexion of it changed. Raja, when you're a defender and you know a guy is shooting, like KOC said, 32% career from three-point range. Are you closing out on him, or are you just going to say, like, hey, I'm going to let him keep shooting even if he's making it? Uh, I mean, that's... What are you doing <laughs> in that situation? Are you are you laying off of him still? No, that that is a tough call because, you know, you, when we used to get scouting reports, it would, it would have your historical number, right? But it would also then qualify it by saying he's hot right now. So, like, while... I might not close out to you as if you were like a 44% career three-point shooter. I would certainly, knowing like over your last 10 games you were shooting in the 40s, I would be more apt to close you down and not just give you free looks at the basket. And the, the one misconception about Rondo right now is like ever since he was traded from Boston in 2015, he shoots 37% on catch-and-shoot three. So that's not great. I mean, you're not running out there hard like it's a knockdown guy. It's not Ray Allen. It's not Kyle Korver. But it's not horrible. It's not Andre Robertson, you know? It, and it's yeah, something that's you, really you serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, would you be more likely to, Raja, would you be more likely to close out on Ray John Rondo or Russell Westbrook right now? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm just, no, that's the honest question. It would be Ray John Rondo because mm-hmm. he's he's hot. And I mean, like, you know, I, I know at this at this stage of the game, Russ really, really wants to get to the cup. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want to give him exactly what he wants. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I would, I would, I would close down on Rondo. I'd let Russ shoot that. What's the when you're when you're getting, particularly in the postseason, when you're getting these scouting reports? What's the biggest thing that you see and that you pay attention to, Roger? Well, for me, it would be it would be tendencies uh, of you know because I was always tasked. My main job was trying to affect their best scorer's ability to do his job. So I had to really focus on like where 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 Logan wanted to get the ball or, you know, in, in, you know, if, if the ball were to go to the elbow, what, what Kevin's tendencies were, like if, if they was presented with two options to either come off the screen high or whether he could work the flex cut and then come up the middle, like, you know, 
which one he preferred and shot a higher percentage doing. So I could take that I'm away. I'm the guy setting the screen, to be clear. Right, you're the screener. Right? <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I, you don't got to respect me as a shooter. You don't even got to respect me at all. I just, okay, so I'm, that, that, <laughs> in that you. case, I'm doubling everybody. But no, that that would be, you know, that's my job in a scouting report. Everyone's job in a scouting report at this point in the season is to know know your assignment inside and out. Like the, if they're going to beat you, they should be beating you on counters. Um, they should be beating you on 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 you know, them making a good basketball play to counter what you've taken away from them because you've been prepped to do that. Now, the official word on the heat um, for Goran Dragic is a left foot injury. Bam Adebayo has a left shoulder strain and his x-rays are negative. Pretty vague. I don't know what that means, um, but I do want to get that out there. Also, let's get into finals MVP right now, at least on the first, at the, at, on the first game. So, Anthony Davis had 34 points, nine rebounds. LeBron had a triple-double, but it seemed like one of those triple-doubles from Bron that it was just, you know, within the flow of the game. It was just chill. It didn't seem like, you know, like a oomph LeBron James triple-double. Right now, who is your leader right now for finals MVP, Kevin? Probably AD. I mean, if my leader, if my vote, I think LeBron is always sort of the MVP with the shot creation aspect. But if I'm, like, placing a bet on who finals MVP would be, I, I'm going to guess voters are probably going to lean towards AD, especially the defensive impact. I mean, from a media standpoint, people are probably just going to go with, you know, the new guy. We've seen it happen with regular MVP voting. But, I mean, either way, though, both of these guys had sensational games. Can't go wrong. For sure. And, Roger, we, we've talked about this since the beginning of the postseason, that AD has to be that X factor. Does yep. he have to be the finals MVP for the Lakers to win this series? Not now. I don't think so. Um, not in light of everything that we talked about leading up to it. Um, I, I do think I, you can make a case for LeBron. So, like, if LeBron were to eke out the MVP over AD because he triple doubles his way through this series, which he very possibly could do, right? And you get some, you AD still playing phenomenal, right? He, he had thirty four. I, I felt like his moments in the game where he was just big boying the whole Heat team on three offensive rebounds and then screaming and one like though you know that's a problem like you have no answer for that and not that you have a, a true answer for LeBron but uh it, it, this is going to sound crazy um Le LeBron is the mortal like for the heat like AD is is supernatural for them they don't have anything that could deal with that and and I I, I applaud uh, uh uh bam like he's game but it's just AD is just too crafty at this point and too too seasoned for for bam he needs some Bam needs to get his weight up just a little bit. All right, let's get messy a little bit. We always have these 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 manufactured talks about legacy and things like that, right? If AD does get the NBA uh, Finals MVP, does that affect anything about LeBron's legacy, KLC? No, not, not one bit. I'm sure people will use it against them. They use anything they can against LeBron James. But so people will use it. But no, it should not make any difference. It, it's a vote here. It's it's like saying, does, you know, finals MVP for Andre Godala go against Steph or Clay or Draymond? No, of course it shouldn't. It's who the media well, it does go against they Steph chose. in regards to uh, to Kevin, though. Well, I mean, that's just sure. what it yeah. is. It does, I mean, that does go into his but, you know, It's all like it's all like. It's like full five or six media, you know, members that are chosen by the NBA that choose finals MVP. It's not necessarily who the actual MVP was. So it should not be used against him. And ultimately, like I said, LeBron James with a little shot creation aspect, in addition to everything else, you know, the defense, the scoring, the rebounding, he probably is the actual MVP of the series. Yeah. 
We talk about uh, whenever we were talking about this in the group chat earlier. One thing that came to mind when we were asked that question: Would it affect LeBron's legacy? I kept thinking about Tim Duncan. Right, his legacy is straight, but he didn't win Finals MVP in all of the finals that he won. Um, so I'm thinking about that, and Roger. With that in mind, did, I'll pose the same question to you. Does it matter if LeBron wins the league? I mean, the Finals MVP? No, because he's still playing. I agree with with KOC completely. Like he's still playing at an MVP level. Like you're you're just playing alongside, um, you know, a player in his prime that's that's just really really unique and is able to, you know, be a mismatch for whoever's guarding him. But it's not like you're you're kind of riding on coattails here. He's still responsible for a ton of the playmaking. Um, he's still scoring it at a tremendous clip. And and. And, and uh, you know, defensively, I would even say, you know, he picks his spots, but he's, you know, when he really wants to, he's still going to pick up the Jamal Murray and say, I got this. Let's let's ride me defensively right now. So I, I don't think it hurts his legacy at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of like, you know, adding a third team and a third championship uh, with three different teams is only helping the legacy in my book. And, and he's nowhere near done either. You know, know, 35 years old, you know, still right here, man. I mean, like Logan, he's he's it feels like somebody who is likely going to still be competing for championships and in good health for the next right. three, four, five years. Right. What That's do you scary. see? Yeah, I was you kind of set me up for the question I was about to ask you, KOC, where it was we, we've talked about the Miami Heat ceiling and what they could be going forward with the cap space and things like that. They could be a contender going forward. What do you think about the Lakers? going forward over the next two or three years. Can they eke out, if they assuming they get a ring this year, can they eke out a couple more during this run while they have LeBron and AD? Absolutely. I think it relates a lot to what Raja said. I mean, obviously LeBron is LeBron, and everything goes without saying for him, but AD is a major matchup problem for so many teams right now. Because even like with the Bam out of bio, maybe he isn't heavy enough or strong enough to handle somebody like him, never mind some of the weaker centers that are being used across the league or the smaller teams like we saw Houston's issues that they had with Anthony Davis. So teams right now are so often wanting to build, you know, with pace and space. But it, like before we recorded, you mentioned with the Warriors, they're a team that probably needs to add a big in order to defeat the Lakers in a playoff series. I, and I think more than anything, roster building is all about balance, right? Yes, you can have the pace and space, but I don't think you can go all the way in one direction and expect to win. I mean, even when you talk about the Warriors, they still had um, a center. And they and even with the pace and space, Steve Kerr always said um, that when we won, it was through the mid-range game because that was something that we could we could do. Um, but I, I, do, I do feel that um, the Lakers will be good for years to come. You know, we'll see. But a bigger question on that is, Will they continue to be a destination and a place to continue to win once LeBron doesn't? Uh, once LeBron hangs it up, and assuming Anthony Davis stays, I'm gonna go with Roger first. What do you think, man? Oh yeah, I, listen, uh, Anthony Davis is gonna attract free free agents and and people that want to play with him. Um, I, I'm not the same way LeBron did. They're they're two different players. I think they have two different mentalities. Um, they're probably two different guys to work with personality wise, but but um. He'll attract people. L.A. is a destination as the Lakers franchise is always going to attract free agents and talent. Um, it is going to be interesting, though. I, I agree with you guys on on 
the Lakers having a window. Um, but what guys they're able to attract, like at those minimum dollar amounts, like they're always going to be have to have to be reshuffling that deck. Like LeBron and AD remain the same. Like Kuzma, if you can keep him, some of those. But some of those other pieces, those older um, glue guys, three and D guys, like you're going to have to keep shuffling through. So w- what pieces they find will will play a big role in that too. For yeah, sure. It's all, it's all LA wasn't good pieces. enough for you to go to the Lakers, man. It wasn't good enough for you to go to the Lakers. What were you saying, KOC? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I will, you had uh, Kobe too, on the phone, man. You had Kobe touché. on the phone saying, come hey, through. If I was comparing minimum to minimum, I would have been a Laker. Mm. <laughs> Right. Okay. Okay. You would have got. You would have got a ring too. I probably would have got a ring. It wasn't gonna pay my mortgage though. <laughs> so, <laughs> respect. I, I think you said it there though, Roger. If you're comparing equal contract to equal contract, you're probably choosing the city of Los Angeles. Right. Right. I mean, right. I think LA will always remain a destination as a city, especially you know the Lakers. What after LeBron and AD win multiple championships. The, the organization is going to be viewed in a different way than it was, you know, for the couple of years prior to this when they were losing, just like the Clippers are starting to make the organization look different despite what happened, you know, in this year's playoffs, the Clippers and Lakers, because of the city and because of the way these teams are built are going to be destinations. Yeah. Well, let's keep it a buck, man. Even with all the Lakers turmoil over the last 10 years, LeBron James still decided to come to the Lakers. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. and that says a lot um, for being a destination, um, quick news right here, though. Shams is reporting that Goran Dragic has, su- has suffered a torn plantar fascia. Wow. Yeah. Um, he will damn. be he will continue to be reevaluated, is what he said, but I, he's done for the series, right? Yeah, he has sucks. to be done. That's a wrap. Wow. Yep. That's a um, Series over, man. Nothing, he, that goes into, sad. is there any strategy in this? Is there anything that we can hang our hats on or anything? Do they just give, give the Lakers the ring right now? I mean, look, look I... I you're, you're playing like the one. The one interesting part would be for me for the Heat is what happens if you just throw Tyler Hero into that Goran Dragic role. I don't think he's ready for it. I don't think he's rounded out enough to do it. But you're hoping if you're a Heat fan like that, his upside is that type of that type of player and better, right? Like someone who could truly be a creator, one-two type of player. So like I, the the series is a wrap, but like you might get to see some cool stuff out of Tyler Hero, maybe. Or, or we mentioned earlier Kendrick Nunn. You know, Kendrick tonight Nunn, yeah. he had 18 points on eight of 11 in 20 minutes. It was garbage time, but you know he is a guy who can get buckets for you, and you know maybe he's able to elevate his play after really sitting on the bench for most of the playoffs. What do we think about that front court though, KOC? When um, do you do any changes? Do you put a Myers Leonard on AD? Like, is there anything you can do to switch it up? Because I think that it gets lost in this. In this playoffs, we always talk about small teams, and the Houston Rockets are the poster child for that. But the Miami Heat are one of the smaller teams in the league right now. They just have Bam out of bio. For sure. And I think, you know, if you're a Spolster, you have to think about that, especially tonight. Solomon Hill, you know, obviously a respected veteran, but maybe it's a series for size, whether that's Kelly Olenek or Myers Leonard getting back into your rotation. Because the Lakers so many times tonight did really abuse them with their size, particularly with AD. But, you know, they're just a big team, period. Yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, that the traditional bigs, it's, you know, it's, you know, LeBron at the three, it's Danny Green and a KCP backcourt. It's a lot of size on that roster. So maybe for the Heat, it is time to go big instead of going small and doubling like they did early in the game. What, what do you think, Raja? Any, any strategy you would go to going into game two? 
Um, I mean, I certainly tinker with that lineup. I mean, you at this point, you're if you're Eric Spolster, you're you're throwing whatever you have out. You throw the kitchen sink at him, right? So I, I I would not be afraid to go big with either Myers Leonard or Kelly Olenek. Um, I, I didn't like the double on both players. I think that's a really chaotic thing to execute if you're a player. Like having to double LeBron is one thing. Um, you're scrambling once you've doubled, once the ball starts moving. And then to have to double a second player in the same possession is virtually impossible. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just a whole lot of movement and 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 getting it right for that to work. So um I would I would I would pick a poison there. I mean I probably probably double A D um see what LeBron does maybe try to dare him to shoot long jump shots. I've seen LeBron in action. And one of my critiques of LeBron, like in the past has been, if you really wall up, like he does, he, he will settle he for trust his jumper. Yeah. But and, and he doesn't, but he'll start settling for them eventually. Do you know what I mean? And so I might play that game and try to bait him into it, but I'm I, LeBron's best, you know, attribute has always been his ability to pass the ball. Like yep. he's just brilliant, like yeah. passing the ball, and that's not taking anything away from his scoring and the rest of the shit he does. But he's a great passer. I'm not going to run doubles at him when he's not even in an advantageous situation and let him pick like me apart, like 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 he's Tom Brady. We we made a video about LeBron James on the restart this week on the Ringers YouTube page. Just a, a quick plug for that if you want to mm. watch a video about LeBron's playmaking. Kevin O'Content, right. smooth, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's true though, Raja. I mean, LeBron's passing, he can pick you apart. So, you know, you might want to try one new strategy to do something else, but every every decision you make as a coaching staff, there's a potential downfall to it. And and you outlined that there. And one thing I, I, I'm curious about that you said about the doubling, it's so hard to double two guys and, you know, virtually impossible in one possession. Is that a strategy, a strategy that you feel like is good in theory? You know, like if it's executed to perfection, it would be unbelievable. But in practice, it just that can't work. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I'd love to, <laughs> if you presented me with three great offensive players, I tell you, let's double all three of them and make <laughs> the other two. But like you're, you, you know, you're just scrambling, yeah. and and um, it just takes. You're only as strong as your weakest link defensively. It's just facts. So it just takes one, you know, miscommunication, or I thought you were running and and I was running, and and you've compromised the whole possession and. You know, with with a strategy like that, the problem with it is if if you give up three quick layups or three easy threes or you know four buckets in a row with that, like it's going to get scrapped really quick because people are going to be like, "I'm not doing this shit." And you know that that's the problem with trying to double two people. It's it's almost impossible. Do we think that the Celtics would have gave the Lakers a better run in this? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do think they would have. I mean, just. I thought the Celtics, you know, were going to beat the Heat in six. I was obviously wrong about that. But they still were in there at the end of games. It's not like they got smoked by Miami. And I think if you look at the Lakers-Celtics matchup, some of the versatility the on the offensive end of the floor with the amount of shot creators, it sort of, you know, touches on what now we're talking about Miami. Well, who is the guy that's going to do that for them? With Boston, they had a lot of guys that did that. It came from everywhere. Yeah, I think, you know – it's the old like styles make fights, right? Like I, Miami was set up nicely to to compete in the Eastern Conference with those matchups that they had. I always felt like the Lakers were just going to be a, like an almost impossible task for a Miami Heat team, the way they're currently constructed and how young they are. Um, 
to 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 pull off. So I, I think Boston would have given them a better fight just because of the way they're made up, like Kev said. But you know, they, they the Heat were a better matchup for for Boston. Like they had the answer for that. Miami is a tough team, though. To tough be clear, team. I mean, I mean, like they are, they are challenging in that sense. You know, they could win a game or two if healthy, and Dragic, according to Woj, might play. Which I don't think. No, I, yeah, Woj well, just did report that. I don't think that he's going to play, man. I don't think that you just tore your plantar fascia. That doesn't when you um, tear anything. Like you're not coming back you, the next the chances game. of you playing in that are slim to that, That's probably one of those things where it's tonight, like he's pounding the table, like that they're not holding me out. I'm playing through this. And then tomorrow and the next day, it's like you're not playing. It just can't. Right. What do we think about the environment tonight, Ryan? Because there was a there was a tweet that I saw that that came that came out where it was talking about last year's game, one of the NBA finals, and it was a it was a Danny Green three-pointer. And did you it just remember it just gave me a lot of like memories of how crazy that game one was in Toronto in front of fans, right? I think KOC, you were at that game as well. Is it weird right now to just see an NBA Finals game without without fans? It, it just seems weird. Just to, like I just got reminded of it of how great it was to have fans. How was that for you to see that KOC? I mean. I feel like there's been multiple series this year that I've felt like this is just isn't the same. You know, it was mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, and I mean, sorry, it was Miami and Milwaukee, and then Boston and Toronto. Some of the you know great home courts, especially Boston, Toronto. I found myself missing being you know at TD Garden. I, I miss. I found myself missing what it was like going to Canada and all that, and just your ears are ringing throughout the whole freaking game. It was madness to be there. And, you know, we're obviously none of us are in Orlando, but from talking to people that are there, it just feels weird more than anything else. And that that came across more than any other time tonight from watching on TV, just without the insanity of what it's like to watch from home for the finals or just to actually be there. On a personal note, though, how dope would it have been to have a L.A. Miami series? It just go oh. back and forth from LA to, to Miami. <laughs> no. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> on site. <laughs> All right. Quickly before we get out of here. First, before we get out of here, I want to let you guys know that the Ringer NBA show, this is going to be on the Ringer NBA show feed. And um, make sure you tap into the mismatch with Kevin O'Connor. Make sure you tap into group chat. Make sure you tap into real ones. We got a new name. Before we get out of here, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity, starting with Raja. If you want to amend your prediction for this final series. If I'd like to amend my prediction, like (laughs) if you you want, yeah. The original Lakers, what I say, Lakers in six? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. At this point, I'm going to say Lakers in, I want to, I'm a, I live in Miami, full disclosure. So I'm saying Lakers in five. I'm gonna give the Heat a game. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say what you really want to say. Lakers in four. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Lakers, Lakers in four. There you go. All right, man. We'll see you guys next. We'll see you guys really soon. On I think we're doing it. We might be doing another live show. Stay tuned for that. Um, we'll see you guys next time, man. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>